Hi, I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. Hello, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer, and this is part two of my interview or chat with Professor Wendy Suzuki. We carry on the conversation really, talking about the benefits of exercise, but what stress does to the brain, how exercise can mitigate the impact of stress on the brain. We get a little deeper into Wendy's own personal practice as well. So it's a conversation I really enjoyed recording. If you are just downloading this episode or tuning in and you haven't heard part one, jump back one week, listen to part one of the episode and then tune into this one. And if you're interested in getting a bit more backstory on Professor Wendy Suzuki before you listen to this two-parter, then check out the show notes where we link back to the episode I recorded with her about 18 months ago. And in that episode, we talk a lot more about Wendy's own personal story and her journey from very, very brainy, clever professor, but extremely inactive to the uh, little fireball that she is now in terms of exercise and health, fitness and well-being. Everything we talk about is in the show notes, including Wendy's books. You can also jump on her website, which we link to in the show notes to find out a bit more about her, where she's speaking and what her, her various other engagements are. So that's it from me. Enjoy the episode. Let's flip exercise on its head and talk about more parasympathetic dominant promoting activities like mm -hmm. meditation, for example. Yes. What yes. does that do to our brain? Yeah. And how yeah. does that perhaps help us to have a you know, longevity of health span? Yeah. So from the studies that have been done, one, long-term meditation can change in a profound way the patterns of electrical activity in our brains. So this was a famous study done in Tibetan monks. So they put EEG scanners on them and they were asked, you know, meditate now. And they compared them to a bunch of age match people that got one week of meditation practice. So, you know, they, they had some idea of what meditation was, but these monks had between 10 and 50,000 hours of meditation. And so what you see is a much stronger power of a particular frequency of brain activation called gamma. Mm -hmm. And that is associated with focus of attention, because really what meditation is, is learning how to focus your attention on often your breath, what you're doing. There's open monitoring meditation, which is a focus on your own body. You're scanning. How, how does my toe feel today? How does it, how is it really feeling? When is the last time I thought about my big toe on my left foot? And that's what these monks are able to do. And that shut out all, of course, they're not on their cell phones, which we all are. So we're, we're not, you know, helping our meditation practice that way. But it does change the electrophysiological activity. Now, the surprising thing I found out in my own studies is that meditation has similarities to the overall brain benefits that you see with exercise. It decreases stress levels as exercise does. It improves your focus and attention for the reasons that I just described because the practice of meditation is really a focusing kind of exercise in a, in a specific way. And it also improves your mood as well. And so the big question is, well, what is the mechanism? How could it be that something that is so still and quiet can have the same brain effects as something that, it, where, you know, that you're encouraged to jump around and get your heart rate up? 
Hmm. And the answer is we, we don't quite know that yet. But I think it is that there's more than one way to de-stress the brain. I think both of these things are really working on de-stressing from two different points of view. And the result is better brain performance because you're less stressed either because of meditation or because of exercise. And by less stressed, I mean lower levels of cortisol and all the negative effects that high levels of cortisol has, uh, Mm -hmm. high chronic levels of cortisol have on Mm -hmm. overall brain function. Do you have a meditation practice yourself? I do. I do. Every single morning, I do a 30 to 40 minute meditation with tea. It's a tea meditation that I was taught by a monk who, who teaches this around the world. And it's a practice where you meditate through the brewing and drinking of tea. There's no phones, there's no iPads, there's no newspaper next to me. For me, I tried everything to meditate. I, and I talk about it in the last part of Healthy Brain, Happy Life. I, I was a yo-yo meditator and I just tried everything and I thought, oh, I, I had it. And then I just give it up and I couldn't do it anymore. But somehow for me, the ritual of brewing tea and very good tea, not Twinnings tea bags, <laughs> but you know, good loose leaf tea. It's often tea from China that I buy. I've gotten a whole like hobby of getting good tea. But that ritual helps my meditation practice just flow very easily. And I start, I wake up, I do this tea meditation for half an hour to 40 minutes, and then I do a half an hour to 40 minute aerobic workout. And then I start my day. Right. And that's every day. That's your regular practice. Every day, seven days yeah. a week, travel day. I can't do it, but but that is what I try and do. I try and get up every morning, no matter whether it's a work day or a or a weekend, at the same time, and and go through the same process. Uh, mm-hmm. On the weekends, I do a longer tea meditation and I do a longer workout too. But mm-hmm. but I try and really have a, a very similar schedule all all yeah. seven days. Interesting. So I, I do ten minutes a day of meditation. I've tried doing longer, but I try and go deeper now. In other words, mm-hmm. I try and get deep into my 10 minute practice instead of trying to do 15, 20 minutes and finding myself distracted. So I go deep, yes. not wide. For some reason, the arrival of our dog a year ago has just broken up the morning meditation routine. Uh, but I do 10 minutes a day and I fit yes. it in when I can. I'd love to do it first thing and I might make more of an effort to do that. But yeah. what I would say to anyone in the, in, who's listening in, who's maybe tried meditation before it's not worked for them. Meditation comes in many different forms. Really what you're looking for is to find something that is meditative. Mm-hmm. So yes. the tea meditation is a perfect example. That would probably mm-hmm. surprise a lot of people to hear that's described as meditation. I sit there in silence and try and close off my thoughts and let them come and go for 10 minutes. But I also find hiking very meditative. I've known people do this with oil painting. I've known people do it by knitting. It's finding something that is meditative to give the brain that opportunity yes. to recover a little bit, the nervous system that opportunity to recover. Exactly. Back on brain enrichment, though, you also talk in the book about altruism, which is something that I call heartfulness. It's part Mm -hmm. of heartfulness is the idea of contribution. It's of doing something for for somebody else, which is the essence of altruism. So talk about that, if you would, on the effect on the brain. Yes. Well, I just became fascinated with the studies that I read about showing that altruism is a wonderful way to stimulate dopamine release in the brain. And so it became a chapter in the book about, you know, how do you bring more happiness into your life? Well, what are the things that stimulate dopamine? Exercise does. So we talked about that a lot. But 
This is something that people might not have been aware of. I wasn't aware of before I I read this study that doing something for somebody else, especially if they don't know that you've done that for them, is very rewarding to us. And in this age where, where anxiety is such a prevalent number one mental health condition across the world, so many of us with just everyday anxiety tend to get so focused on ourselves and, oh, I don't feel good and I can't deal with this. And that altruistic act of saying, you know what, I might have these problems, but I can do something for somebody else completely turns that on its head as we're doing with exercise right now. Mm. And it's really this wonderful, easy way to get a free dose of dopamine. And it doesn't have to be giving away $10,000 to somebody. It can be doing just a favor for somebody, particularly in these times when you're expecting just a fight or you're expecting conflict in our world today. So it's even more important to realize that this is a tool that we all have. Giving is a tool and it brings happiness. It brings dopamine. It brings more joy into our lives. And that's why I included it in the book. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that doing something for others and also trying to reconnect with something that you used to love, that used to light you up, you know, for so many people listening in the convergent pressures of work and home would have squeezed out so much time they've got for their own health and well-being. And just thinking, you know what, I used to love making bolster airplanes or I used to love Mm. reading. I used to love taking, you know, maybe watching a movie. The movie obviously is maybe in a 90 minute, two hour endeavor, but just spending five minutes a day on that bolster airplane or whatever it is, can yeah. help bring some balance, better balance. And at the yes. end of the day, it all comes back to the nervous system, doesn't it? And taking yeah. care of the yeah. brain and your overall health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. We're coming up on the last few minutes, but what are some, you've talked about your team meditation. Yes. You haven't touched too much on your own exercise practice, except to say that you do it every day. Now, I obviously yeah. have spoken to you before and I've read the book. I know that you do lots of different types of exercise. In fact, yes. you've tried pretty much everything, haven't you? I have. I love trying something new. And for a long time, I was doing everything at the gym. I had a great gym that had lots of different classes. But now to save time, I do online workouts. And so I do this, you know, it's a monthly subscription to this company called Daily Burn. And they also have lots of different classes. And they do a a live class every day, which is a good 30 minute aerobic strength training workout. It has weights in it and and lots of different structures. So you get lots of variety. But what I've been doing is I I add on to that 30 minutes. I've been wanting to do more upper body strength. And Mm -hmm. so they have a 10 minute strength thing. So I do the 30 minute core workout every day. And then I add on 10 minutes of weights and it's perfect. So that's a good 40 minute workout. And I get a variety of teachers and I can do dance every once in a while. And then I do, uh, do you have class pass? Yeah, we do. Yeah. 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 So I supplement that with sometimes you want a live uh, live class around you. And so I have a friend and I, we get one class pass a month. And so we go together. She goes to her gym, but we go together to a, a fun, you know, different kind of workout mm. once a month just to spice things up. So are you a fan of Soul Cycle? Oh yeah, I love Soul Cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I was a Soul Cycle fan and I went there for a while. It's kind of a little bit too fast, the just the leg <laughs> yeah. movements. And yeah. so these days, it's a great aerobic workout. These days, I'm focused on strength building with weights. 
her yeah. upper body because that's yeah. something that I have been putting off for years and years and years. I never liked it, but now it's, I, I'm really into it. So, so I figure I'd go with what, what, what I'm really excited about. But yeah, I'll absolutely go, go to a soul cycle class for a good boost of aerobic activity. Yeah, it's good. We have cycle here in the UK and I'm a huge fan of it. I love cycle. Yeah. I'm going first thing tomorrow morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. So tea meditation, you, you exercise every day. Yeah. What else does someone, you know, from someone who's at the top of their game in terms of looking at exercise effect on the brain, but other things as well. Is there anything else in your routine that you do religiously for brain health or, or call it health span or longevity or whatever it might be? Well, as you mentioned, I am a foodie and I love, I love cooking. And so I like the ritual of cooking and, and trying different kinds of food and going out to restaurants as well. But I like to cook because you can control better what, you know, what you're putting in, in your body. So nutrition is key. And, you know, I'm a low, low red meat person. I do a lot of fish and chicken or veggie kinds of dishes. And then of course I like to share those meals with people. And so that personal connection, and you mentioned it earlier as well, is so key. So the more personal connections that you have in your life that has been linked to your overall longevity. Mm -hmm. And the surprising thing from those studies is that it's not necessarily, you know, the person that you have to have these connections that you see each other once a week and you spend hours and hours and hours with each other. Personal connections are, do you say hello to the Starbucks person? Do you have a little conversation? You know, the Starbucks person that prepares your coffee, that, that counts. Do you say hello to just people that, that are in your building that you may not have great interactions, but are you friendly with them? So I try and keep that in mind and use both my exercise as a way to do things with other people. Yep. Despite great. the fact that I do a lot of the exercise alone now for speed and ex- expediency, but also share food and share restaurant experiences. Mm. So trying to up my longevity by uh, increasing my own connections yep. with the people that I love. Yeah. I think that's a really nice way to leave it. Hopefully you've connected with the people listening in with the, the, the various <laughs> things you've touched on. Thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom, your knowledge and your latest research. And it'd be great to have you on again another 18 months and see where you've got to and what you've discovered. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about good anxiety, bad anxiety. Hopefully you'll be out by then. So. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. So great. people can connect with you at your website, which is yes. Suzuki, S-U-Z-U-K-I.com. Mm-hmm. Twitter at W-A Suzuki. Facebook, Wendy Suzuki will find you. And yes. your TED Talks, if you go onto the TED platform or just Google TED, Wendy Suzuki, they're going to yeah. find your TED Talks. Yes. Is there anything I've missed in terms of your contact points or anything that you, you just want nope. to add uh, sort of final sign off? So we are going to be inviting anybody who comes to my sites to be able to test their brain and start to take some mm. cognitive tests to look that up. So it's not quite up yet, but if you sign up on wendysuzuki.com, it'll show you exactly where to go. Okay, cool. Stay tuned for that. I think people will really get a lot out of that. Yeah, that sounds cool. So what will you get then? You'll do the test and what will it tell you? So the first tests are just to give you a baseline assessment. So we'll be able to compare you to other people, your same age and mm-hmm. fitness levels. And we are in the process of building a new platform where we're going to be able to test your cognition before and after different exercise or meditation events. Okay. Oh. So you can, with our help, devise your own perfect exercise prescription to maximize your brain function. Brilliant. 
Well, we look forward to that. Okay, so yes. if you sign up on wendysuzuki.com, you'll be notified when that stuff's up and running. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotsperformance.com and click on Take the Test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.